0: A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Revoid We're Prohibited by Law. See Terms and Conditions 18. Plus. This is the Detroit City Cast with Dan Leach, presented by Bet Rivers. And welcome in fine citizens. Happy Fantastic Friday here on the Detroit CityCast. Brought to you by Matt River. So much to get to, uh, including, of course, the reaction from just an insane Celtics comeback in game number one that no one saw coming, especially the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Later on in the show, I'm going to give you my feelings and how I'm going to tackle game number two and some uh, possible props and other situations when it comes to game number two. Uh, coming up this weekend, so we'll get into that in just a little bit. Uh, But before we get to the Motown betting window, you know, we talked about this series over the last several days. Uh, You know, I still believe the Warriors are going to win this series, but as I mentioned, I I would not have been shocked. This is why I didn't play a side in game number one. I gave you the over, and the over hit easy. But I I would be shocked if the Celtics were able to win game one because, you know, even though they just finished a seven-game series, they're going on the road. It's the the us-against-the-world mentality. You know, the the Warriors are the kind of team that don't rest on their laurels, obviously. They're so well coached by Steve Kerr. But that it just was one of those kind of things where you could see if Boston was in the game, they could maybe win it late with some good Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown play. Uh, you know, good stuff in the post by Horford. And obviously, Horford had a huge night. One of the best nights of his uh, you know NBA career. But to me, the fact that they were down double digits and it looked like the Warriors were pulling away and still were able to come back, and still were able to have the most disparity-laden fourth quarter, or a- any quarter, in the history of the NBA Finals. Boston outscored Golden State 40-16 to in the fourth quarter. And obviously, unless you're up by 20-30 points, most times that happens, you're going to lose a game. And the Warriors... Started taking terrible shots. Steph Curry seemed to not really, you know, be confident in what he was trying to do. Remember in the last few minutes of the game when the Warriors still could have maybe come back. He was deferring instead of taking threes. And it's it was just very, very alarming to see Golden State with how good they've been all season long. Uh, you know, just struggle late in the game. But you've got to give credit where credit is due. For Boston, and we talked about how Boston has owned the Celtics. I believe isn't this this is now eight of nine? They have beaten Boston. Of course, they only play twice a year. Let's play in the NBA Finals, but they have owned the Golden State Warriors. And even though it, obviously it's a lot different when you play a game in the regular season as opposed to you know in the NBA Finals, that was obviously something that you know went in Boston's favor as well. But just look at what Al Horford did. He was. You know, just brilliant from all around the the floor. 26 points. You know, 9-12 to from the field. uh, You know, played some good defense. You know, you look at some other situations. By the way, a heartbreaking same-game parlay for me. A seven-leg parlay. Everything goes over easy that I have. Took a bunch of overs and assists and points and rebounds. I need two Jordan Poole threes. It's the record for an NBA Finals game for overall threes. And my man, Jordan, from the deep end of the pool, which is one of the props. We did very well on the props uh, I gave out to you last night or yesterday on the show. Uh, we only lost two of eight props. So we definitely profited there. But Jordan Poole, man, what, what's going on? One of five from downtown. You know, obviously, he had his chances. 25 minutes, you know, just scored nine. I mean, nine points is not terrible. But not a lot from him. Really, you know, nothing from Looney in the starting lineup. Green was awful. I think Draymond Green's the reason, one of the biggest reasons Golden State lost 2-12 from the field. I mean, 0-4 from downtown. He did have 11 boards and 5 dimes and a couple steals, but then fouled out of the game. Wiggins was definitely one of the reasons the Warriors could have won. He was fantastic. That's why we took him to obviously have, uh, you know, or to be 50-1 to to win the NBA Finals MVP. And listen, the way he was able to d up Tatum And play, I mean, Tatum, you know, in the end scored 12 points. And a lot of that was because of defense from Andrew Wiggins. You know, Horford went out for 26. Jalen Brown ended up finishing with 24, but didn't have a lot of points till the second half of the game. If the Warriors win this series, which I still believe they will, probably in six now, uh, and it could be seven. Wiggins could have a chance to be the MVP. because Steph Curry, while starting, you know, with all those triples in the first quarter, he did finish with thirty four. He probably should have had fifty. He was twelve of twenty five from the field, seven of fourteen from downtown, but just some ill advised shots. He was minus nine on the floor, uh, the second worst, you know, in the starting lineup. Wiggins, you know, actually was minus eleven, but defensively, Wiggins was really good as he's been, and we saw what he did in shutting out Luka Doncic. So I still feel like that could be possibly alive. The Jordan Poole MVP. You know, we obviously took a risk because Steph Curry a big favorite. And I wasn't thinking Draymond Green would definitely, unless he has, you know, a bunch of great games, isn't winning MVP if the Warriors win. Uh, and I don't like Clay Thompson either. At least I think that we have a chance right now with Andrew Wiggins uh, if the Warriors win this. But this was just a very surprising performance in the end by a Steve Kerr coach team, a team that obviously, you know, contains Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, these guys that have over 120 NBA Finals games of experience. Celtics came in with zero games of NBA Finals experience on their roster, and they go into Golden State, at, you know, the Oracle by the Bay, and they take down the Celtics by, or the Warriors by 12, and it was odd, too, because both these teams led by 10 or more points in the game. That rarely happens in a Finals game, and especially the team that led by double digits first, to have the Celtics be the team that ends up winning and leading by 10 late in the game, that was, that was fascinating as well, so... We're gonna break down game number two and just my thought process about how I'm gonna tackle it coming up in just a little bit. But that was incredible to see that comeback by Boston, a forty. So the the Warriors outscored Boston thirty-eight to twenty-four, building that double-digit lead in the third quarter, and they got outscored forty to sixteen. And I know the last couple of minutes the Warriors were just chucking up shots and turning the ball over and getting called for silly fouls, but. To be able to do that after a 14-point quarter where you outscore, you know, the Celtics and get that big double-digit lead at home where it looks like you're going to run away with game one and then give up 40, 40 in the fourth quarter at home and only score 16, that was nuts. All right, let's take a trip to the Motown betting window here on this fantastic Friday. A lot of things to get to. We're going to update you on the Memorial Tournament and my selections there. Feel really actually even Pereira, who was terrible early on in this round, ended up getting his head above water and finishing just a you know a stroke over par, feel very good about our selections for the Memorial Tournament. We'll update that and the current odds on those as well in just a minute. But let's start with the Detroit Tigers, who, by the way, one of the hotter teams in Major League Baseball, who would have thought they would have won four or five for the Minnesota Twins. Tigers have won three in a row. They're seven and three in their last ten. The only team that is hotter than them in Major League Baseball in their last ten is the Toronto Blue Jays, who are eight and two. And Now listen, the Tigers still only have 21 wins. They're still eight games out of the division, but they're climbing up the wild card ladder. They're, you know, climbing up the division ladder. They're still five and a half games out of the wild card, but that's not that crazy. They were looking like they're going to be 10, 11, 12 games out of the wild card, you know, at the end of June. This Tigers team with a bunch of injuries, they are starting to get better. They're still negative 47 in run differential. That's horrible. They're beating up on AL Central teams, which is good. But big things to come for the Tigers, got to hold your breath on that and wait a little bit and still see what this team can do. I mean, you look at the schedule right now and you say, okay, they've beaten the Orioles. The Orioles are terrible. You know, they're beating the, the Guardians. They're beating the Twins. The Twins obviously are good. But, you know, when you have division mates and you're at home, things can be different. Uh, this is where the schedule can be very interesting. Yankees for three. We're going to get to that first game in a minute here. Pittsburgh, who's the Dodgers' Krypton. Pittsburgh's got a great team. Toronto for three at home. White Sox for three at home. Rangers for four at home. You know, a couple of big homestands because the Tigers are going to be on the road a lot in the second half of the season. And then at Boston for three, at Arizona for three, at San Francisco to end the month of June. If the Tigers are above 500, or, you know, precipitously above 500 for the month of June with that schedule, then you can start talking, okay, maybe this team can make a run if they get healthy for a possible wild card. I'm not going to talk about the division right now, but maybe they can make a potential run for a wild card this year. It still, to me, seems like the Tigers are probably a year away. You know, the expectations were to win more games than last year, get to around 500, or maybe a little over 500. 83, 84, 85 wins probably gets you in the wild card. But, you know, long way to go for that. But the way the Tigers are manufacturing runs, you know, getting much better at bats, the way Tarek Skubo's pitching, obviously with Casey Meisler now the 60-day IL, it doesn't help. But the bullpen we know has been one of the best in baseball metrically and by ERA. This could end up being a much more exciting time than we thought it would be Heading into the All-Star break in July, so we'll see how that goes. But starting with the game tonight, first of three at Yankee Stadium. I believe this game's on uh Apple TV uh, or Apple Plus TV. And we got a, a lot of weird game, a lot of weird situations where games are you know on different networks than they're used to being on. And how about that uh, game? The Tigers will play against the Yankees on Monday morning or Sunday morning. Excuse me, on Peacock, 11:30 that new Sunday Showcase game. Uh, you know, it's, it's just been really wacky to see how some of these things are, are going now with the way that baseball's, you know, TV packages are going. It's Apple TV Plus uh, for the 7.05 start tonight. Elvin Rodriguez will go for the Tigers. And Garrett Cole, one of the best pitchers in baseball, will go for the Yankees. And guess what? No surprise at all when you look at what this line is uh, at Bet Rivers right now. Tigers are huge underdogs. And we've seen some line movement up 10, 15 bucks since this line came out. You know, when you look at the Yankees right now, the Yankees are, you know, a team that is easily one of the better teams in baseball and have been on, you know, had been on a tear for a while and, you know, slowed down a little bit. But you look at the Yankees right now and what they've been able to do in their division, you know, overall in, in, in the American League. This is a team that, You know, it's a team that I think is not going to win the World Series because they just, I don't think, are constructed the right way. But, boy, are they going to win a ton of games. And right now, you look at the Yankees, uh, a team that is and 36-15, which is good enough for not just the best record in the American League, but the best record in baseball. And they are also 7-3 and in their last 10 with a plus 85 run differential. They've definitely had some weird lower-scoring games, but, boy... They are a very, very tricky team to play. And the Tigers historically have had success against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium, whether it was the old Yankee Stadium or the new Yankee Stadium. So I think the Tigers can definitely steal at least one of these games. I think the Yankees have a great chance, though, of winning the series. And as I mentioned, no surprise, huge favorites. Minus 340, the Yankees with Cole on the mound. against Rodriguez, who doesn't have a decision yet. 6.17 ERA, Cole 4-1 with a 3.12 ERA. The total is 8. I am staying away from this game. You know, we'll see what happens after game number one. I'm uh, looking at maybe the Bruschi game, even though he's 0-4 on the season. I think that, you know, just on the road, something with Breski, you know, Helped in L.A. with the Dodgers as big underdogs against Kershaw at Severino, or Severino, excuse me, for the Yankees on Saturday. Maybe take a small play on the Tigers. In that one, they'll probably be plus 280 or something. And again, like they are uh, you know, coming up later tonight. And then on Sunday, scheduled pitchers are Garcia for the Tigers and Montgomery for that eleven thirty-five game for the Yankees. So we'll see what goes on over uh, the next couple of days. And if I do like something with the Tigers, of course, I always post it as I do on Twitter at DanLeach971. All right, let's take a look at... The NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. I have been off with my Edmonton plays. I gave you Edmonton uh, in game one and two. They obviously are not ready for primetime, at least yet in this series. They're now two to nothing against the Oilers. Game three will be Saturday night at eight p.m. Oilers at home plus one ten. Avalanche minus one twenty nine at Pet Rivers. Avalanche on the puck line, minus one and a half, plus one eighty. The Oilers plus one and a half, minus two twenty, and the total seven over even money and under minus one eighteen. And I thought this was really interesting leading in to game number one, when uh, or excuse me, game number two, when you look at the Oilers against the Avalanche, the favorites had won seven straight times between these two teams. The Oilers had covered the spread in four of their last five games. You know, the plus one and a half was minus 148 heading in to game number two. Obviously, that streak is over. Well, you know, they've won covered four of the last six games now. And five of the Oilers' last six games have gone over the seven and a half goals. We know what happened in game one, eight eight to six, 14 goals overall. This game, just a 4-0 shutout for the Avs over the Oilers. But I'm going to stay away now. I I really thought the Oilers would win at least one of these first two games with some solid plus money, uh, you know, on their side. But if if they can't win game number three, they're probably going to get swept. And we know the Avalanche are, you know, the best team in hockey right now. Uh, But at least we've had three straight Ranger wins for you. And game number two is coming up later tonight, 8 o'clock from New York, Madison Square Garden. And I'm right back on the side of the Rangers. Let's pick it four in a row. It's the Lightning right now minus 129. By the way, same spread as you've got in the Lightning-Rangers game. With the Lightning on the road, as you do with Colorado and Edmonton at Bent Rivers. That happened in the last round of the playoffs as well. Minus 129, plus 110 for the Rangers. Lightning the favorite, of course. Puck line for the Lightning, minus 1.5, plus 200. Rangers, plus 1.5, minus 245. And the total, same as it was in Game 1, 5.5. And, and it went way over. It's over, plus 102, and under, minus 120. Straight one unit play for me on the Rangers. Keep, you know, keep the hot hand going. I love what I'm seeing out of Shesterkin. And at 1.5 or so, goals against average in the last five games and throughout the whole series, uh, actually overall against Carolina. And I think the Rangers have a great chance of getting up a 2-0 lead on this back-to-back Tampa Bay Lightning championship team. This might not be back-to-back-to-back if uh, the Rangers can go up 2-0 and have a great chance of winning that series. So a full unit play for me on the Rangers in game number two, 8 o'clock tonight from Madison Square Garden. And let's update what's going on with our golf selections. As I mentioned, feel pretty darn good about where we're at right now. Let's take a look at what happened in round number one. By the way, crazy story if you didn't see it. It's on my Twitter if you want to see the video. Hideki Matsuyama was disqualified because there was a white substance that is not allowed to be on your clubs. That they, They're they not saying who it was. Someone in the golf industry. It could have been a cameraman. It could have been an agent. It could have been whoever. But they won't say who it was, but they, they it was on video It was out his club, his his three-wood, and they ended up disqualifying him. He was playing Patrick Reed and Rory McIlroy. So he is out, but really interesting first round. You've got Mackenzie Hughes, who had a nice end of his round, uh, and same with Davis Riley, both minus five, along with Cameron Young, Luke List, and Cam Smith, who I did not think was going to have a good week. This course doesn't really fit Cam Smith well, and he's been terrible at Muirfield for the most part, but he's tied for the lead at 500. But right there is our man Will Zalatoris. We got him over 30-1. to one. Love him. He is minus four. He kind of had an up and down end of his round. He went bogey, birdie, bogey. But he played great. He's going to go late, 1-12 p.m. Coming up later today. So very excited about him. He is one off the lead. Uh, going further down the trough for the, the players that I gave you uh, for the Memorial. Sanjay M kind of struggled early in his round. He's going to be an early guy on Friday. But he got it back in the end. And he's minus two. So he's just three off the lead. For uh, Sun J M, then you go down a little further to the one unders, and it's Joaquin Neiman and Colin Morikawa right next to each other on the the leaderboard right here. 12:48 T time for Neiman, he got things going towards the end of the round, and 1 p.m. T time for Morikawa. They are both one off the lead, right where you wanted to be after a, you know a first day. as we mentioned, we're gonna go over the current odds here in a minute. If you haven't bet them yet, maybe you want to take a Morikawa or, or Neiman now because if they have a nice Friday. Obviously, the odds are going to go way back down. Uh, This is not the time to take a Torres, But there is our other golfer that we gave you, possibly a time to take him, because Mito Pereira really had a rough go of it early and got things much back together towards the end of his round as he went birdie, par birdie on 15, 16, 17. And after being on the front nine, a double bogey on three and a bogey on four, and he got it to plus one. And actually, plus one is not terrible right now. Obviously, it's all about that second round and having two, you know, decent first and second rounds. He's tied for 59. You know, it's not like anyone's running away with this after round one. It's a tough course there at Muirfield. He will be, first off, 7 a.m. on Friday. So if you're listening to the show in the late morning or early afternoon, he's going to be probably done with this round. He goes three, four, five under. He's right back in the mix. And this would be the time, if you like Pereira, that I've given you, to take a guy like Nito Pereira. So that's where we're at with the leaderboard. Let's update the odds for you. Uh, Cam Smith the favorite right now seven to one. Rory McElroy, even though he's you know a few off the lead nine to one. Cameron Young eleven to one. Davis Riley twelve to one. Will Torres, we got him over thirty to one. He is now twelve to one. And let's move down further uh, to the odds list. Sun J M right around what we got him at twenty eight to one. A little lower than that. And then Colin Morikawa basically what we got him at thirty three to one. Uh, and you go further down the odds trough here, and you look at Joaquin Neiman. He is 66 to one, so a lot higher than what we got him at. But this is where you would want to bang a guy like Camer uh, because if they have a good round on Friday, their odds are going to go way down, obviously. Uh, and then Mito Pereira, uh, if you like Mito Pereira to make some kind of a a move on Friday and get back into you know range of contention, he is 150 to one. So of course, if he's two, three, four under. Uh, on the early morning round on Friday, those odds will be cut in more than half. Could be as low as 40 to one if he's a few off the lead. We have to obviously see what the five do and the four hundred unders do uh, going forward. So that's where we're at with our golf card. Of course, here's the line for game number two in the NBA Finals. We're gonna break it down and give you my plan of attack coming up in just a bit here. Warriors minus four and a half. They open four. Bet Rivers up to four and a half. Minus one south nine. Souths plus four and a half. Minus one thirteen. Money line Warriors minus one eighty two. Celtics plus 150 in the total, 215 and a half. Remember, the, other, the first game opened at 211 and a half. That's what I gave it to you at. Easily went over. This one opens four points higher, over minus 110, under minus 112. I, as I mentioned, we're going to break this down in a minute here, but I think this game, second game is going to go over the total again. I, I mentioned it's going to be a very high-scoring series, even with the great defensive squads you have between the Warriors and the Celtics. I'm surprised it didn't open a little higher than that, but as we know... Towards the end of the you know conference finals, getting towards the NBA finals, a lot of those games were going under, especially in the Celtics and Miami series until late in that series. Let's update your French Open odds. Remember, we've got a futures play at twelve to one and twenty to one on Coco Golf. She is in the French Open women's final, her first Grand Slam final. it's just eighteen years old, she is a huge dog though to our girl Iga Swiatek, who is the odds-on favorite, a minus money favorite. Uh, in a major, which is crazy, unless your name is Djokovic or Federer and Wimbledon, uh, or maybe Steffi Graf years ago, she is minus six twenty-five over Coco Golf. Coco Golf plus four eighty. It'll be a nine a.m. final on Saturday. The spread is minus five and a half for Sweet Attack, minus one twenty-nine. Plus five and a half on Coco Golf, plus one hundred six. in the total games over nineteen and a half is plus one hundred two. The under is minus one twenty-four. Listen, first time in a Grand Slam final. A lot of times that that player gets blasted, but there are some times that even though it's their first, the nerves aren't there. They play a brilliant, you know, uh, two or three set final and get the job done. So that's what we're hoping for to catch those big futures tickets on Coco Gauff. Uh, and then as far as the men's semis go, those are coming up later today. Rafael Nadal gets by Djokovic in that epic quarterfinal, almost five hours long. Nadal minus 305. Another big favorite or big underdog is Zverev. Remember we had Zverev. We gave him out against uh, Carlos Alcaraz in the last round. Zverev plus 250. Spread is minus 5.5. Even money for Nadal plus 5.5, minus 120. By the way, if you don't know what spread means, that's, you know, total game. So Nadal is minus 5.5 games overall, whether they play 3, 4, or 5 sets and the uh, Nadal minus 5.5 is even money. Zverev is plus 5.5, minus 120. So it gives you the ability to, to bet a spread as opposed to taking the minus 305 or taking the big dog with Zverev plus 250 and have more of kind of a balanced uh, outing there. You're not going to win as much money as you would if you took Zverev uh, plus 250. you lay as much money uh, as if you took Nadal minus 305. Total of games, 36.5, the over minus 112, under minus 108. And to be honest, I'm going to stay away from this. I, I gave you Zverev. Zverev Against Carlos Alcaraz, but how can you bet against Nadal right now after beating Djokovic? That's where I thought he was going to lose to Djokovic. As Nadal is getting his act back together after some injuries and some time away, he is playing great tennis. And you know, our man Felix, we had a futures ticket on at thirty to forty to one. Uh, he almost beat Nadal, and I thought Nadal was going to go down to Djokovic after that. Instead, he steadied himself, beating the best player in the world right now, and is going for yet another. French Open title. He's the master of the clay. No one will ever reach the heights that he has at Roland Garros. Just never will happen. Uh, I know you can never say never, but I don't think there will ever be a better player in basketball than Michael Jordan. I think there will ever be a better clay court tennis player than Rafa Nadal, and no one will even come close to his record of French Open titles. Uh, The other men's final, that's 8.45 uh, this morning. The other men's final... Is Casper Ruud against Chilich, and I loved what we saw from Chilich against Rublev, and Casper just kind of ran through in his corner. And we got Ruud minus two twenty, Chilich plus one eighty five, spread minus four and a half for Ruud minus one hundred three, plus four and a half for Chilich minus one eighteen. The total games thirty eight and a half over minus one hundred four, under minus one seventeen. I've got a half you to play on Chilich. I just liked what he did against Rublev. He really kind of came back. You know, when there were some weird moments in the fourth set, won the fifth set in a tiebreak. Chilich has been there, you know, many different times in major semis uh, and obviously in major finals too. I like Chilich uh, for a half unit play. against Rudo who's not been there that many times. we has been better tennis over the last year or so, that's for sure. But give me Chilich for a half unit play. All right, that is a trip to the Motown betting window. It's brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers, and don't forget log in every day during the French Open at Bet Rivers, and you will get a 20% profit boost to bet live on French Open tennis. You can also bet three $10 NHL same-game parlays throughout the Stanley Cup Finals to receive a free $10 bet. You can also bet on any Major League Baseball team to win the 2022 World Series and receive a $10 NCAA World Series free bet. So check all of that out when you log into the app or log into the website at Bet Rivers. Coming straight up, we will break down what I see happening in game number two of the NBA Finals, how I'm going to tackle it, and what I think you need to be very careful about when it comes to this series with the Celtics having that massive, almost basically historic comeback in game number one and the most lopsided quarter of any quarter in NBA Finals history. Get to that straight ahead right here on the Fantastic Friday edition of the Detroit CityCast, brought to you by our great friends at BetRivers. Rivers. BetRivers Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, BetRivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com today to sign up. Must be 21, playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. So I think that game 2 in the NBA Finals is going to be extremely compelling and you know I still do believe the Warriors are going to win this series but I think this is something that I've really thought about leaning into this show that I want to discuss with you that you got to be very careful about. The Warriors are clearly the best team and have been the best team in basketball. But when you get to a one, you know, a one team versus, you know, a team versus team series for the NBA title Even the team that has all the experience, even the team that has clearly been the best all year long, not that the Celtics haven't been amazing as well, but the Warriors have been better than the Celtics. When you look at just metric play and, you know, defensively and and the way Steph Curry's played and Jordan Poole and so many others and Steve Kerr, you know, you you have a a rookie coach under, you know, the Celtics in their first, you know, trip to the finals in a little while. you got to be careful with just thinking, okay, the Warriors for sure are going to come back. Because... I think you look at Boston with the whole, okay, no one thinks we have a chance. We just went to Miami, you know, went seven games with Miami. We were considered a pretty big favorite over. Almost gaffed away that game at the end. You know, if Jimmy Butler hits the three, who knows? And it seems like, you know, there's no way you wouldn't take the Warriors in game number two. Then they're going to even this series up and get back on track. And just look at the market for the NBA finals winner now celtics minus 182. it was the warriors basically the same amount of money before game one warriors plus 150 with home court advantage so there's two things that i want to recommend to you here and i was discussing this uh playing a little poker last night with some friends and we had a really good discussion about this because it seems like the obvious play is taking the warriors to at least win this game Maybe you parlay the money line with a total, or you know the total with the spread. I, I would stay away. From the, four and a half is is not the number I want to look at. it could be another close game. But the other side of this is okay. The Celtics. It's zigzag theory. It seems obvious the Warriors win this game. They're not going to blow leads in two straight games. They're just too good of a team. But to me, the play is the is the Boston Celtics plus four and a half, because I think the Celtics not only can come out and cover that spread, they might win this outright. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to do two things. I'm going to take the Celtics plus four and a half. But I'm also going to take the Warriors to win the series plus 150. Now listen, I might lose that Celtics play, but I'm going to put more money on the Warriors to win the series because this to me is the best chance you have of getting value on that instead of having to lay almost minus $200. If the Celtics win, or excuse me, if the Warriors win game number two, they're going to become the favorite again in the series. You're not going to see positive money on them, maybe never again. But you could, you have a chance to win both sides of that. Warriors win it close. Celtics cover the spread. That's obviously, it's almost like you know, it's, a, it's almost like you can try to middle a bet in a way. But let's say for some reason, well, I don't want to say for some reason, but let's say the Celtics do win this game outright. Obviously, you're going to win the plus four and a half. Your series bet might not be dead. But it doesn't mean that it's over. It's a seven, a possible seven-game series. So to me, that is how I'm tackling game number two. I'm going to take the 4.5. I already have. I'm going to take the 4.5 plus 4.5 on the Celtics, and I'm going to bang the Warriors' series price for three units. It's a one-unit play on the Celtics plus the 4.5. It's a three-unit play on the Warriors plus 150 to win the series because I believe the Warriors still win the series, even if it has to go seven games. You play the Warriors in... Uh, you know, a best of seven series. I just think that if you play that series 100 times, the high majority of the time, the Warriors are going to win that series. So, to me, that is the smartest way to have both sides of this thing because the Celtics could go in there and the Warriors could be shell shocked. Now that they, I think they will be because they've had so much experience, you know, being in, in these situations and the Celtics have never been in them before. Now their team's got one game. Well, if you add them all up, how many, you know, Celtics played tonight? Uh, you know, 11-whatever games NBA Finals experience. But before game number one, it was 120-plus, I think it was 123 NBA Finals experience games for the uh, Warriors and zero for the Celtics. So, they've played a game now, and they're being fearless. So, I think that is a great way to tackle game number two. And obviously, if there's props, player props and other, you know, type things like that, that I, I like leading into game number two on Sunday, I will definitely tweet those out for you. But I'm down for the Celtics plus four and a half, uh, you know, for a a full unit. And three units on the Warriors plus 150 to win the series. Because I still believe the Warriors win this series. And if they win game number two, they go right back to being the favorite. They win game three in Boston, they're going to be a big, big favorite. uh, Obviously, having the last couple games at at home um, in the NBA Finals 2-3-2 format. So, that's that's where I'm at with this game. That's the way I think is the best to tackle it. uh, You know, and you still have a chance... Worst-case scenario, the Celtics... Well, I don't want to say worst-case scenario, but uh, if the Celtics win the game outright, as far as this bet is concerned, you win your bet, you're still possibly down a couple of units... Uh, when it comes to what you bet on the Warriors to win the series. But it doesn't mean the Warriors can't win the series. They just would have longer odds that you could have taken after game two. But to me, I'm not waiting. It's not worth it. I believe the Warriors are going to win this game, and maybe the Warriors can win this game by three. So you win your Celtics one unit play, and you look great on your three unit play on the Warriors series. That's where I'm at, Uh, you know, going into game number two. I think it's a a great strategy to kind of be smart and have both sides of this thing, and you still have a chance to win both sides of this thing. So, Hopefully you're excited about that like I am. Bang it out, there are free. We'll squash those tickets. Have a brilliant weekend. Let's win some cash in golf. Let's win some NBA Finals cash. Let's get another Rangers win for you. We'll see you next week. Until then, thanks so much for listening. Keep reaching for the stars. Believe in the dreams Dan leads the squash. Out of here.